thrilled to bring on our guest right off the top of the show, David Bruton Jr., live from California. Are you already at Comic-Con, man? Cali. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll head down here in a little bit. We just finished doing a tour out. All right, what are you doing out there? Are you just going? Are you going for fun? Or are you going for work? What's going on? Oh, going going for fun and picking picking the oldest uh, that he wants to see a couple couple people and hopefully get to meet family and stuff like that. We don't know if he's going to be here, but you know, kind of kind of nerding out this trip a little bit. Absolutely. Are, are you are you big Marvel? Are you DC or Marvel? This is this is a big debate within the nerd community, and everybody wants to know: Is David Bruton is he Marvel or DC? Uh, I'm Team Marvel. There it is. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. Hey, there's room for both. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know what y'all talking in about. In this, I know you. Yeah, yeah he Steve, got, Steve doesn't watch movies, Steve. read comics, or anything. <laughs> <laughs> only Batman. Yeah, there's there's only there's only one correct answer. You can you can enjoy both, but there's only one correct answer when your team one or the other. All right, David. We'll uh, we we want, we'll definitely get to uh, Bruton's books, and we'll talk about the the work you're going to be doing with us in our golf tour. But uh, you know how how has retired life been treating you? How how have things been for you, man? Oh, I feel like tired is a lot, a lot more busy than it was playing. That's for sure. Uh, I keep my nose in the books day in and day out. Uh, this this summer, I'm taking physiology and cell bio, so it's definitely been a grind. That's for sure. Yeah, how far along are you uh, in your studies? I know you want to kind of go into athletic training. How far along are you now, and how close are you to uh, being able to work in the business down the line? Um. Well, I got accepted into a physical therapy program to start this fall, but I deferred for a year um, just with family and stuff. And I'll start up next fall and next spring and fall, and it's about a three-year program. So I'm about four, four years out, so I'm working, well, three years if you want to count the internship that I'll do my whole last year in PT school. Now, David, how important is it, do you think, for – players to you know start getting an idea of what they want to do post nfl uh you know while they're playing uh you know i think it's extremely important it's something that you know dawkins and andre goodman and all the old heads that i started under um i told me like always look for something to do outside of outside of ball and my my passion has always been helping people especially the physical therapy um being through it a lot since middle school through high school, college, and the pros, I understand how important those those individuals, those guys are to get you back on the field or, you know, just back in your workforce. So um, it's something that's always been very important to me to look into the future because, you know, you can't play football forever. I mean, I played eight years, and that's two, three times longer than the average career. So mm-hmm. I was very fortunate in that sense. We're chatting with David Bruton here on First and 10 at 10, Orange and Blue 760. This time of year, I remember talking to players that were recently retired. They'd get a little bit of that itch, a little bit of that bug thinking about camp. Some of them, it was stronger than others. Are you one of those guys that uh, you start thinking about it because your body's conditioned for it, or are you been so busy you don't really have time for that? Oh, I've been so busy. Um, and, you know, been so sore. So uh, it's not really anything that I'm necessarily itching to get back into or have had the had that uh circadian system and my body's like, oh camp's about to about to start and my body's just getting ready for it. I don't I don't have any of that in mind. My focus has been school and family. That's that's what my mind main focus has been. 
Has the soreness of your football days, has that started to uh, go away over the last year or so? Nope. No, it has not. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, you know, I still wake up with aches and pains here and there. My knees, they hurt like nobody's business 90% of the time at this moment. So, uh, hopefully I get to be able to practice and heal myself, get myself right here in a little bit, being in the PT program. Now, Dave, we, uh, the, the, I'm going to move over to football a little bit, uh, talking about the Broncos. We uh, added uh, Sua Cravens from the Washington Redskins and uh, that safety room that really I think that, that defensive back, backs room um, – you know, is gonna gonna uh, have their hands full with with guys. You know, trying to learn the system and get up to speed. But I think they'll be okay. What do you think about that safety room? And uh, one other question I wanted to ask with that was, um, how important is it for safeties to be able to play man to man coverage uh, with the way uh, defenses are played these days? Oh uh, shoot. Um, well, the first first to answer your first question, um, I think you have some great leadership in that room with. These two, you know, um, he came into Denver being a leader right off the bat, and he's definitely not just a leader verbally, but um, on the field, his his form of play is something to, that a lot of guys probably strive to be like. Um, as well, you know, you have Justin and Philly, who have been in the system three years, and they've definitely shown shown flashes of greatness. So um, there's there's no real lack of leadership in that room, and I I think too is just a, a great athlete to begin with, with my time out there in Washington with him, to be able to play linebacker, dimebacker, safety. You know, he's a very versatile player. So I think the safety room is going to be well lost. Um, you know, football is a game of injuries, and if someone gets hurt, I don't feel like there's going to be any real drop-off per se. Um, the next next man up will be prepared, well-versed, and ready to go. So there's no worries there. But as far as playing man-to-man, you know, shoot, quarterbacks are way too good nowadays to – sit back there in that pocket and be comfortable. You got to get pressure on them, you know. Yeah, Tom, you can't let him sit back there forever. And Rodgers, he'll make, he'll extend the play 30 seconds if he needs to. So um, you just have to have to be able to, as a safety, to, so you can send pressure from the linebackers, from the nickel back, things of that nature. Um, it definitely would help the defense a lot if the safety can, have good feet, good hips, and be able to defend the receiver or a big tight end like Grunt. We're talking with David Bruton Jr. here on the hotline. We'll get to Bruton's books here in a matter of moments. Uh, appreciate your time. I, I'm, I'm curious, of course, as, as a special teams captain, as a guy that uh, played for the Broncos for several years, uh, how, when you had conversations with younger players that were coming in that were – uh, maybe roster bubble guys or guys that uh, were maybe undrafted and they were they were trying to make the team. Uh, did you have a certain way of, of sort of talking to them about the importance and the level of special teams and and why that was that was so important to you to be to to have that third part of of a team be so important? You know, um, I just used my experience as an example. Um, talking to the younger guys about my experience in Notre Dame, how Coach Weiss announced that I was the first freshman to, that he's going to let dress up because of my play on special teams throughout training camp. Um, from going into, I believe, my third year, um, third year, yeah, I think third, maybe fourth year, and being on the bubble to get cut. And I remember um, Coach Rogers coming up to me saying, hey, you need to do something special for special teams because they brought in Raheem, Quentin Carter. You know, we still had some other safeties up there as well. And I was on, on the bubble there. And, 
you know, made made my mark during that preseason game blocking two points. So I just used my my experience as an example to be like, hey, you can make a living in the NFL for for a good while, and your time will come to be able to play a lot more. You just keep at it. You know, you roll, every role is uh, not a star role, but every role is an important role. And that's just the approach I would take. Every role is important. Every every man on that field is just as important as the starting quarterback at, at that particular play. So. Now, of course, you were in Washington in 2016. Sua Cravens was playing that year. What kind of player in person are uh, the Broncos getting in Cravens? Oh, man. It's, you know, it's funny. I just saw Sue in the airport today, uh, yesterday, when we landed here in San Diego. He was heading back out to Denver. Um, I think we got a young guy who's hungry. Um, absolutely, and very athletic and willing to learn. Out there in Washington, he was he was under under the microscope to, and under the pressure to learn both linebacker and safety, safety position and what he was able to do. So I don't think there's any real uh, any real issue uh, with the type of guy that Denver had brought in. They brought a very versatile guy in there who's an athlete who played in big games, made big plays, and. I foresee making big things happen here in Denver, whether it be special teams, whether it be in, on that defensive side of the ball, you know, linebacker safety, just a guy who's hungry, willing to learn, and can compete his, compete his ass off. Yeah. Hey, David, now uh, a couple of days ago, Aqib Tlaib mentioned that he felt like the Broncos uh, had gotten rid of too many of their dogs, so to speak. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about that, and I asked a couple of our guests yesterday – like, how many dogs do you need on a team? I mean, you know, is it good to have a lot of dogs? Is it good to have one or two dogs, or are dogs bad for teams? No, I think shoot, look at look at what our Super Bowl Fifty team consisted of. Like, and just that dog mentality rubbed off on everybody. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, keeping in the keeping in the professional scope of the game, but you know, shoot, even even the guys uh, who we considered the dogs or whatever. Like, they would rub off and influence everybody else. Heck, they at one point got me talking talking a lot of mess during a <laughs> game. So, so you know, it's uh, it's, def- it's definitely great. You know, if they got you got guys who back it up and can play, like, I mean, we flourish with that type of mentality. The defense flourished. And I think especially on the defensive side of the ball, you have to. You, ha- you just have to have that mindset to go out there and compete, especially in a game that's offensively favored. You have to go out there and know that – you're the best, and you got to get in that guy's head and just back it up every every snap of the ball. We're chatting with David Bruton here on the hotline, first and ten at ten, orange and blue seven sixty. Let's talk a little bit about Bruton's books. Now we know that you're going to be part of our uh, final stop on the orange and blue seven sixty golf tour. Pretty thrilled thrilled about that club at Pradera. What's going on with Bruton's books right now? And again, people can check it out at brutonsbooks.org. Oh, you know a lot of great things. Um, you know, right now it's the summer. Summer, so we were able to give out some books uh, for kids to eliminate that summer brain drain um, to be prepared for starting the next school year. And we were also uh, very fortunate to take uh, quite a few kids, tw- about 20 kids, who showed uh, a positive mindset with reading and, sh- and showed a lot of improvement in reading to uh, Denver Comic Con. So there was definitely a reward reward there. Um, it was just, it's just been great. You know, it, it hasn't stopped. It's not not being real slow, it's very active, and we still partner with CU, uh, Colorado, Denver, University of Colorado, Denver, to build the elementary schools and 
participate in the Power Lunch tutoring. So um, we're very active. We're very grassroots. We're very hands-on. Um, and it's still still a program that's main focus and emphasis is getting a book in the kid's hand to become a better reader and leader. Yeah, you were uh, doing some stuff at Denver Comic Con uh, uh, last month. How does like getting th- you know things like sci-fi comics that sort of thing? How do you how do you find that helps kids you know learn and appreciate reading in books? Well, you know, it's something that you know a lot of kids enjoy. Uh, I can't think of any kid that I know or friends' kids that I know who don't love a superhero. You know, everybody wants to be a superhero. Or you ask a kid, "What do you want to be?" Go- I want to be when I grow up Iron Man, you know, things of that nature. Um, and reading doesn't necessarily have to be textbooks like I'm reading nowadays all the time or, you know, a very serious, you know, book or anything about a cat and dog. It could be anything. It could be a scope from anywhere from a superhero, doctor, a race car driver, anything. And just something that, that engages that child is very important because the, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they're reading as long as they're reading and able to comprehend it. That's, that's, that's really what matters. David, I'm interested to know, what, what was your impetus to start the uh, Bruton's Books program? Um, you know, I had a lot of influence to, to start something geared towards literacy from, you know, a lot of volunteer work that I did with the Broncos, with the Boys and Girls Club, um, a lot of reading stuff there. Um, substitute teaching during the NFL lockout was a huge influence there. And I think what set it across the board I just wanted to do something different. Everybody does something where it's a football camp uh, or a basketball charity game or something along those lines. And I just wanted to do something different, something that was more applicable to me, um, something that I could relate to because even Brian Dawkins called me a nerd from my rookie year until until the day he was uh, (laughs) playing in Denver. So it's just just something that really, really meant a lot to me, and I – and I put that on my kids and my brother's kids and every kid that I come across, how important it is to put a book in your hand and read it. And and it's, it's, it's not uh, uncool to be a nerd. It's, it's cool, I think, to be a nerd. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. David Bruton, Jr., joining us. We really do appreciate uh, your time this morning. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you so much. We're thrilled to have you as part of our uh, final golf tour stop. And, again, brutonsbooks.org. Super Bowl champion David Bruton. Thanks so much for your time, man. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, Bruton. Hey, can you hit the ball, man? <laughs> man, I haven't swung a golf club in years, so so it might be funny just to come out there and watch me swing. <laughs> okay, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if you sandbagging on us or not. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, money on the wood makes the game go good. So I mean, as long as I got incentive, I can I'll swing that club well. <laughs> I hear you, man. Hey, thanks for coming on again, David. Appreciate it, David. No problem. Thanks, Thank David. You. All right, there he goes. Bye. David Bruton Jr. at D underscore Brute 30 on Twitter. Always a good guy, good get, and apparently he's Tyler Plumbus's uh, neighbor.